Here we go. I am here, here on purpose, purpose because I have a purpose. purpose. My, my heart, heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen. And now the oldie but the goodie. The Word of God is truth. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. We're just about ready to get up and move around in our services and all as, as we get bigger and all, but, but that camera doesn't follow us. We're ha we have to get another attachment, don't we? I don't know. Yeah, I think it is. Is that correct, Morgan? We're going to have one more and have a switcher. Right, and, but right now we can't do that because we walk off the camera and we look like the Keystone Cops. So we're going to sit right here. And, but I we did pretty like, much look like but I did like, right here. <laughs> I did like the Keystone Cops. I really did. Our first time, Bill goes at the end. Thanks for watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I think I did. I think I did that. I did that. I got a good friend of mine out in, uh, uh, I said Dallas, it's actually in Austin, but uh, Denny Cooper out there, he and his wife Jan. Hi guys, I know you've been around for every service, and Denny, you and I go way back. We almost went to jail together. Glory <laughs> to God. I got a lot of friends like that. But we did go to court together, and uh, we were exonerated. Uh, we pled guilty. <laughs> we, uh, really, oh wait, that's another story. Anyway, the word, the word of the Lord today is, uh, it's, it's really very serious, but, but I love humor in anything that we do, right? Uh, but uh, wh what is your passion? What is the thing that just is absolutely within you, the passion that you have to pursue? If you don't deal with it and let it flow out of you, you'll get on a track that is just, is it Monday or Tuesday? Who cares? Sirrah, sirrah, another day, another dollar, whatever, another week, whatever. But <clears throat> when you really study the Word of God, God gives us the desires of our heart, but He puts them in our heart too, and then it becomes a passion. And if you're not careful and you'll try to figure out your passion instead of just running with it and letting it flow, you'll never really pursue what is the passion in your heart. And, uh, and you know, you're like... I, I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you what's your passion because I know it's me, but uh, and the Lord, and uh, but but always but, has been always. But, well, the Lord first. I understand uh, that yes. you told me that when we got married. Yeah. I will always love God more than you, and then you come second. I, now in the beginning, I didn't know if I liked that because I didn't know the Lord that well, and then after a while, I got to think that's that's a pretty good order. That's really good order. So I like that. But what does passion mean to you, honey? Well, I think that God gives us passion that is beyond the natural passion we have for yeah. things. I think a lot of people uh, have passion for things like uh, that are natural things, which is fine. But the passion that comes out of the Spirit is uh, also fulfilled by the Holy Spirit. It's, it's fulfilled by the power that God gives us through the Holy Spirit. And it seems like a lot of times the passion that God has for us is the hardest one to get with because it always is going to require him more than us. And so, you know, to be passionate about something you're not sure you can do is maybe a little harder to grab hold of. But, and I think that's why a lot of people uh, all their life have this passion that they'd really like to do, but they never do it because they think, I couldn't do that. But really, it's a passion that God's deposited in for them to do. They just have to make that decision, I'm going to do it, by the grace of God, <laughs> I'm going to do it because God said I can do it, not because I feel like I can do it. And most people, I think, are passionate about things they feel. And we're going to talk about it today because the Holy Spirit will reveal to us God's passion for us. He'll show us. And uh, that thing will stir up on the inside of us. I remember when I used to lead choirs in the Methodist church. And, um, you know, in, in those settings, my back was to the people which I was very comfortable with because everybody that was in front of me, really, they liked me, okay? And so, you know, we, it was all right to lead them. But then when God told me, turn around, and he gave me a vision of me turned around, leading all the people, I thought, uh, <laughs> my passion just left. 
not because I don't have a passion, the fire that's in me. I mean, sometimes when I'm over there worshiping, you'll see me. I mean, I'm all over that keyboard. The keyboard players today, they stay just in chords. I can't stay there because I just get passionate when I'm playing that. It comes out of the inside of me. But when I, when I would get up in front of people, then I started looking at the people. And see, you can't fulfill a supernatural passion looking at natural circumstances. <coughs> the Word of God is so clear. That's really good. I see it on the, it, when you're really getting into your passion. Like if you're up there sometimes looking for a key and then you can't find it versus then you just do whatever you I feel flow. like. Yeah, you flow and, and you, can, you can really see it. You know, it's quiet in here right now. We're glad to see all of you back. Let's give the Lord a hand or something. <laughs> it got so quiet in here with nobody here. We thank God for Morgan, Sean, and everybody else, and Heather and, and Shane, but, but uh, it was quiet in here. It's good to hear applause or hear somebody say amen. So Let's all practice. One more big round of applause for the Lord. Okay, one big amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. We are worth it. Now, we're going to read in John chapter 16 because I believe this can be a life-changing message. This is a little off the subject, but I was listening to Dan on the uh, uh, offering message and and the tithe, and uh, I have a passion to tithe. Uh, And you might say, well, you know, a passion to tithe? Yeah, because my whole life was changed when I gave a tithe that I didn't want to give because I didn't think I could afford to do it, and it was $100, and we put the tithe in, the, in, in even though I didn't really want to. I talked to you about it, <clears throat> because it was a check I forgot to turn in years and years ago at Victory. And I remember sitting down, because we were hurting financially continually doing what I thought God told us to do. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I believe I'm doing what God called, told us to do, and it's not making sense financially, and I can't figure it out. We gave that tithe. And I said, God, and I went in, I was working part-time at the church for minimum wage, and I went in and sat down on my desk, and I started crying. And I just started crying. I said, God, you're going to have to prove this to me. It just doesn't make sense to me. Now, the Word of God says, prove me in this, that I'll not open the windows of heaven. I didn't realize that at the time I was actually speaking the Word. <clears throat> and so I gave away the last $100 that we had that I needed for groceries. And four, about four hours later, a lady walked into my office at Victory Christian Center there. She's a teacher, June Austin. She walked in and said, Bill, God spoke to me this afternoon and said, I needed to bring you immediately $100. You would know exactly what it was for. God, I, just, I, I was crying before, and now I'm really crying <laughs> because God showed me that it worked. And, I'm, and this is not a message on tithing at all, but I just know that when you know the truth, you want other people to have it so they can be free yeah. too to enjoy what you have. And it changed our whole life. Mm-hmm. Changed our whole life. So we're going to be reading John chapter 16. Do you like this scripture, Pam? Yes. Yes, I do. <clears throat> what does it mean to you? It means I don't have to be concerned. God will tell me if I need to know something. Yep. That's a yep. good one. And it says he'll lead and guide, guide us into all, all truth. And that he'll show us things to come. Go ahead and put it up there and let's go through it because it's such a powerful scripture. And the word today is ask whatever you desire. Pursue your passion. Ask whatever you desire. And we're going to talk about the definition of that in just a moment. But the word of God says, John chapter 16, when the spirit of truth has come, everybody say, he's already come. He's already come. Tell your neighbor, you have the spirit of truth in you. You have the spirit of truth in you. When he comes, he will guide you into how much truth? All truth. All truth. That is so powerful. And he'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will show you those things that are to come. And then it goes on to say in verse 14, he will glorify me and he'll take what is mine and declare it to you, give it to us, to you and I. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and he'll declare it to you. Now, we've been in and out of that scripture for the last couple of months, honey, but that scripture needs to become revelation. Everything that we have need of is in the storehouse. Everything that God wants us to have to accomplish what he's showing us to do is already set in motion. I believe the Lord has had us in this church for a long time being uh, saying the words, you need to know the word of God, and you need to know what the Holy Spirit is saying. A lot of people like to be told what to do. That's why the world follows after anything that sounds like I'll take care of you. Yeah. 
The Holy Spirit of God says, I will, I will declare truth to you. And just because we had a virus that nobody knew what to do about, Mm. God does. So as believers, we have access to the Holy Spirit. We have access to the truth of the word of God. So as we look at the word of God and we speak the word of God, and then we are led by that Holy Spirit to know what to speak and to do, we begin to enter into a realm of knowing. Everybody say knowing. You know, the world is trying to find what to do. God knows what to do. And so by the Holy Spirit, that's why this scripture is so important to every believer. He will show you things to come. Then it says he'll declare it to you. But it also says in Job, you declare a thing. You decree a thing and it will be established. So I believe in what we're facing and anything new that nobody's ever been through before. The believers should have the answer because the believers hear the voice of God. And so maybe it's just for you individually. Maybe it's for a lot of other people. And God gives you a passion to begin to speak it, to speak it. I believe our president has a passion. You know what his passion is? It's not how he talks. It's people. And that's why God's honoring him. It's not because he's Donald Trump, which everybody thinks it's about who he is. No, it's about who he cares about. And when you care about people, God cares about people, number one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, all your mind. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so when you're aware of the Holy Spirit, you can discern that. You can see what the man's about. You can see what someone's about. If you can know by the Holy Spirit the truth, then you're able to speak and do what you know you're supposed to do. <clears throat> you know, honey, there's a, uh, this is not part of the message. but Well, yeah, I guess it is because I do believe President Trump has a passion for this country. I believe he has a passion for the history of this company, for our Constitution. And there's a book that was written several years ago now. I think it was a year before he was actually elected by Lance Walnauer. Am I pronouncing it right? Uh, Brandon recommended it for me, Brandon Endicott. And uh, I got it a couple of months ago and read it. But there was a point when he was considering running for the presidency. And he decided, uh, this was back before this last time when he ran, or the first time he ran. But back before, and he said, no, I don't. I don't think so. And then there's a, a chapter in there that said that, that he and Melania were watching television. And uh, they were talking about the world events and, and what all was happening <clears throat> in our country and the Constitution being eroded. And the chapter said that she turned to Donald and said, uh, Donald, your time is now. The country needs you for the Constitution and for the people. If you run, you will win. And he said, how do you know if I run, I would win? And she said, I just feel it inside. A powerful, powerful scripture. Of course, the rest is all history. You know, it wasn't a scripture. You, you, pardon? It wasn't scripture. You said a powerful scripture. But oh, is that what know. I said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did I say a powerful yeah. scripture? <laughs> I have two Holy Spirits. Yeah. And I, tr- and I trust them both. <laughs> I, trust I am the know. helper. Pastor in Lafayette says Melania is giving scripture. You'll be on the news by tonight. <clears throat> this is what we I correct want. each other all the time. This is what I want. We, yeah, you well, do, I, up here, you'd get to talking and you say things. One time, I forget what I said. And when we got home, he said, "Did you know you said?" I said, "I did." I said that. You, you, when I when I was young. Uh, uh, just a young guy, probably 10, 12 years old. My pat. How many of you realize your passions change as you get older, mature? But hopefully, when you get saved and get filled with the Holy Spirit, your passion is really to plug in the things of God. I always wanted to be a baseball player, professional baseball player. Uh, oh yeah, I always wanted to play for the Yankees, play second base. And uh, you know, seven, eight years old, nine years old, and I got to be about 12, 13 years old, and I realized that's never going to happen. You know how I realized it's never going to happen? You couldn't hit the ball. I wasn't that good. Oh, I could hit the ball. I wasn't that good. Uh, but, but, but in other words, your passion matures as you mature in the things of God. Now, I want to give you a definition because the Word of God is very clear, and we're going to give it to you scripturally. But, but if you understand passion and you understand how it flows with the desire and how we ask and we receive, then everything that Jesus said is going to make even more sense than it already does. The word desire 
The root word for desire is passion. If you check it out in the Hebrew, it means passion. If you check it out in the Greek, it means passion, but it means to be zealous, excited, to pursue something, to be intent, to be passionate about. Those types of things a lot of people haven't plugged into because they haven't plugged into the spiritual passion that is what God has put inside you. <clears throat> you see bits and, and pieces and glimpses of it, but then you turn to your reasoning. That's exactly why Proverbs 3 says, lean not to your own understanding. Don't try to understand what your passion is. Let it flow, let it go, and God will do the rest. And then the word ask means to place a demand upon, to request, or to petition. So in other words, God gives us our passion. We then go to Him for the supply we have need of because God will supply everything that you have need of. Let's all say it. All of my supplies... All of my supplies are in the storehouse. <laughs> are in the storehouse. And I know I've shared this before, but, but I just love the military. I love the authority structure, I believe it or not. I love the rank and file. I love all of the things that went with it. I love the fact that when you get your orders, you have your standing orders, you have your uniform code of military conduct, you have your daily orders, and you have to improvise based on how you've been trained. Every one of you that were ever in the military know exactly what I'm talking about. And anytime you get your orders or whatever you need, you know you have a supply depot. And you go to the supply depot and you say, I need this kind of uh, uniform, I need this kind of ammunition, I need this kind of weapon, because here are my orders and here's where I'm going. You never stop to think, oh, I wonder if it will be there. You expect it because you are a this or that based on your military, uh, uh, which branch that you're in, and you've been trained to expect to be blessed with everything you have need of to accomplish your mission. Yes. Why would we not expect the same thing from Almighty God? Why would we not have the faith to believe if God is calling me to do this, I will have this and I will, I will operate with this. That's what it's all about, honey. That yeah. type of passion that you just say, I expect to be blessed. No will never be an answer if I know what my orders are. I'm, I am good at that one. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> And he lives by that. That's why when he went over to Sudan or in uh, Uganda and needed $15,000, the lady gave it to him. That's the reason that happened, because of that kind of training background. When he knew what he was doing, he knew he was doing it for, he was able to say, I'm on assignment from God. Give me the money. She said, just a minute. You know, when you begin to speak with the authority that comes out of the passion of God, that's how Jesus went to the cross, was the passion of his father. That's how he went there, the passion he had to obey his father. There's a passion that takes you into a position to be able to endure and do whatever God's asking you to do. And a lot of people have missed their passion, I really believe, by not believing that God will supply. Uh, Corey Kent wrote a song once for us that says, God will supply all of my needs. Yeah, yeah it's a great song. And so, you know, it, that's a reality you have to have to move you into your passion, is to believe God will do it. God will do it. Because I love him. Uh -huh. God because will supply I, all of my needs because he loves me. Because that? I love him. Because I love mm -hmm. him. Oh, no, because he loves me. Because he loves me. When you, when you mentioned that bank over in Uganda, Brad and I knew one of two things. Number one, we're going to get the money. Or number two, we're going to get shot. Either way, it didn't really matter, did it? That's passion right there. <laughs> now, uh, if you have your Bible, look, look in the book of uh, John, chapter 15, verse 7, with in mind what we just shared. It's a scripture you already know. You, I, I quote this scripture a lot. I quote this scripture all the time to myself. But if you understand how passion works, how desire works, and how whenever you see the word desire in the Bible, it's talking about your passion. What is your passion? My passion is to take care of this. My passion is to take care of that. God wants you to spend the rest of your life following your passion. Don't waste your life. There, there is a time, and, and it, 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 he is a benevolent God, but it does say in the book of Matthew chapter 16, God will reward us in heaven for what we did on earth. There will be rewards in heaven. I think it's John 16, 24. We're not down here serving God for the rewards 
But how many of you realize you don't want to get to heaven and realize you missed the plan? You missed your purpose for the rest of your life. What would you do with the rest of your life if you knew what God had called you to do? Well, you would do it. It doesn't matter what your age is. We are still on an assignment from Almighty God. And in John chapter 15, verse 7, honey, it says, If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask. Everybody say ask. Ask whatever. Say it. No, say it like you mean it. Ask. Ask, ask is to place a demand. Now, don't think that you say, God, I am demanding you do this today. No, the word demand means something that is yours. You're requiring. You are requesting. You place a demand. If you demand anything in my name, it talks about being coiled about. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. That word abide, do you know what that word abide means? It means to coil. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but we talked about it one time. Be, uh, to be coiled about and to become one with. In other words, we are so united with God and his word that we are one. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you demand whatever your passion is, and I will do it because I put the passion in you to perform and pursue it for my glory. That's well, really what that means. To not demand would be to say that you don't believe God has it. Yeah. Because demand yeah. means it's already there. In other words, healing is here. So do you need healing? Lord, I thank you that healing is mine today. Why, did, why do you have the authority That's to right. say that? Because he said, by his stripes, you were healed. It's already been done. So you, you pull that out of heaven. Just like Bill would go to the storehouse and get whatever he needed. The storehouse for us is heaven and everything that's supplied there. You know, uh, I was thinking about that with, um, I know what my passion is. Yeah. We talked about it the other day. Uh, my, my passion is to spend the rest of my life starting orphanages around the world. I didn't always have that passion. Uh, that came about 2004, 2005. Uh, I, it, it, all of a sudden, in deep in my spirit, the reason I'm saying that is not to draw attention to what's my passion. You have a passion in you. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, there is a passion deep within you. Now, if you're pursuing it right now, you know what I'm talking about. But if you're not pursuing it, you say, well, I don't have any passion. It's in you. God has shown you it is deep within your spirit. And for whatever reason, you're not pursuing it yet, but it's still there. It's your call. It's the plan for the rest of your life. And you might say, I'm too old. <laughs> You're not as old as I am. <laughs> Somebody told me one time in the church, I said, you need to find a younger person. I said, it won't be hard to do. <laughs> it won't be hard to do. Matter of fact, it'd be easy right here today. <laughs> but I asked God one time, I said, I said, God, because I, I knew what he was showing me. I said, yeah, do you know how old I am? He says, yes, I know how old you are. It's just a dumb question. I <laughs> <laughs> see him turn to Jesus. He, he doesn't think I know how old he is. <laughs> but I know what my passion is. And I know that God, I, I hope this is okay to share. I kind of feel it is. When, when, I, when I wrote the book, I believe God wrote the book through <laughs> But when I wrote the book, I went to Pam, and I'm reading about all these authors that make all sorts of money writing books. And that's not why I wrote the book, but I thought, heck, it won't be a bad sidelight to, <laughs> to have money. Well, when I was writing this book, it was the passion for the sedan, and I kept feeling that uh, the book was supposed to be given to Victory World Outreach, the other ministry that we have for orphans of the world, and talked to Pam about it. And she said, yeah, okay. So that meant you know, all the money would go directly to Victory World Outreach. And I was at peace with that, and so was she. And uh, first of all, and then I felt like the Lord said, don't sell the book, give the book away. And I thought, well, that book cost, was it $5,000? Uh, None of this was, the reason I'm telling you this is because in your life, the things God shows you to do will not make sense with your mind. In my mind, it's like, that's $5,000 out of our checking account with no, re no, no hope for return. Huh. 
And then I think, well, no, wait a minute. It's a seed we're, it's a seed we're planting, okay? So it's going to be a big seed. We had, in the first six months, I think it was, was $50,000? Yeah. $50,000 came in off that book. And, and uh, it's like... Not from the sale of the wow. book. Now, as long as I brought it up, yeah, about 50000 You need to take some of those books home with you. Hey, bring some cases out and put by the front door. And the reason I say this is because we saw, when we were having our regular services, cases were going out of here, and you all were giving them out, and now they're sitting back there. So and we ordered books, a whole nother 1,000 of them. Yeah, our books have been sanctified and cleaned and whatever it is, so... <laughs> Send it out the door. Get them out there. Spray them. Spray them. The reason Easy. I no, we did that. I spray them every morning. Oh. The reason the reason I, I said that is because all of a sudden he lied. They, forgive him. <laughs> because they stopped moving the the book. I just realized that. That's probably why God had me do it. Anyway, get them out there. But but I know what my passion is. I know what I spend the rest of my life doing. Everybody needs to know that, and it does change. Uh, you know, you raise kids, you have a passion to get them out of there. <laughs> you know, it doesn't start that way, but, you know, by 16, it's like, yeah, you can do this. You can do this. <laughs> you know, I don't mean that wrong. I love all my kids, and they're way up, and the, they're, they're getting pretty old. <laughs> not, no, you're not that old, kids, but, I mean, they're older than I <laughs> Than I want to think they are. I thought you were going to say they're older than you. I'd be <laughs> I thought that's where no. you were going. I was no. going to just have so much fun jumping on that. <laughs> no. But, you know, it's a passion that you have to help them, to get them through school, to get them to where they're supposed to be. Then they leave, and for, for a while they may not even, you know, be that interested in what you're doing. And some people fall right in right then, especially women. They fall in real easily at that point often because their passion just went out the door. But God didn't forget that they were going to go out the door. So something that you've been doing in those years of training, both husband and wife, uh, financially trying to make sure you have enough for your family, suddenly God has another idea. And a lot of people just hone in and hum and sing along and sit in the pew till Jesus comes or till they go see Jesus. And really there's a lot of years there of freedom a lot of years of more financial uh, abundance than ever before to go and do what God is saying. It's like, yeah, but this is pretty nice. Yeah, it's comfortable. That's what I thought at 65. I thought, wow, this is when you get the Social Security check. Didn't matter to my husband at all. Just keep working. We keep working. We keep doing what we're doing. And so I believe it keeps us thinking better. I believe it keeps us motivated. It keeps us on track of what God's doing today. And it's not because we're pastors. It's because we're people. Desire is not just limited to a few years of our lives. It's all the way till we roar into heaven saying, bless God, I made it. Hallelujah. We did everything we were called to do. <clears throat> That's true. And God has that passion for you. Uh, I think it's Wanda's husband, uh, Jeff. Je Jeff, right? Yeah, yeah. Je uh, Wanda's husband, Jeff. Uh, he's really in the. You guys can't see us over there. Oh my goodness, they got the uh, stand up. Hey, uh, her husband, Jeff, really into. Uh, besides that, I can watch Wanda and see if she's okay. W Wanda, you have to keep your eye on Wanda because she can get out of hand real quick. I can tell that. I can absolutely tell that. <clears throat> but. Uh, but Jeff is really into uh, word study and what words really mean in Scripture. And a lot of times you read a word like uh, Matthew chapter 11 somewhere says the violent, take it by force. Mm -hmm. Most people don't feel themselves as, uh, I'm not really violent. You ever check that word out, it, 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 the word means uh, uh, enthusiastic, energetic, active, and alive. So if you read that Scripture and say the enthusiastic, active, energetic, alive people take back by force what the enemy has taken from God. Hey, that can be me versus, hey, I'm going to beat somebody up. You know, you do that too. But you want to be enthusiastic, energetic, active, and live when you do that. And, and so when you really study the scripture and you say, Jesus is saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask whatever you are passionate about and you put a demand on it, 
and it's yours because I know the orders I've given you to perform. And that's why when we read some of these scriptures, honey, <laughs> Um, uh, Mark 11, 22, 24, 5, 22, 3, 4, it says, you know, uh, uh, have faith in God, uh, you know, speak to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and you don't have any doubt in your mind that whatever you say, whatever things you desire, whatever you're passionate about, that mountain's going to be removed, and you're going to have everything that you have need of to accomplish the plan that I have called you to accomplish. The passion is what God has called us to accomplish. Who would think that God would tell you to do something that he hasn't provided the need and the, uh, the ability for you to have every need that you have in that situation? He would never do that. And therefore, we just get to the point where we say, you know what, I trust God. And that no will never be an answer acceptable to me if it's contrary to the word of God. Well, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I'm talking too much. No, it's fine. Yeah, because you put the mic up there and then I say something and you have to take it back down. That means I'm talking too much. I, I misinterpreted the look. But I, I refuse. But I refuse to misinterpreted the look. Is that? Yes. I refuse to believe. I what, need one of those so nobody can notice what I'm doing up here. I refuse to believe what some of these scientific idiots saying that don't know the Lord and don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and say we're never going to hug again, we're never going to do this again, we're never going to do this again, and the coronavirus is going to come back every other month and bite you in the buck. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I, that's my vernacular. I know. It's okay. It's true. It's not coming back. Everybody say it's not coming back. I could have said back. something else besides that. It's not coming back. It's done. In the name of Jesus. We have authority to speak that. Yes, it's our authority. I believe that. And if we don't, we're not pulling the supply down that we have. God does not want people dying daily from the coronavirus. And he doesn't want people experimenting on how we're going to fix it. My husband gets, he, he can get a little testy when he comes home and said, the doctor said I should try this. He said, why don't they know? Why do they have to try on me to see if it's going to work? We don't have to try to know. We can know what God is saying. Amen. Yeah, amen. You know, the <coughs> scriptures, when you read through them, John 14, 14, when you read it in the true meaning of the word, uh, Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Here's my father glorified that's a wrong scripture. Well, anyway, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He's talking about we'll do greater works than him in a bigger area. But, but that means if, if you put a demand on, on what you have need of, I'll supply it for you. What is the demand? I, I want, want more you know, of this or that for your passion. I, I just want to say it again. I want to emphasize this because this is a message. You have the passion within you. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, that passion is deep within your spirit. Don't go lean into your understanding. Well, what about the money? What about this? What about that? What about that? I love Proverbs 3. We quoted it earlier. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your steps. If God can't pay for it, you might as well get out of the way because you can't pay for it. God can pay for anything. We've watched it happen, honey. I want to read Psalm 37. It says in verse 3, trust, there are three things, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Three, delight yourself also in the Lord and the result, he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, I believe God not only gives you whatever you need to fulfill the desires of your heart, but I know when I got saved, God changed the desires of my heart. Yep. And my desires changed to be more what he wanted me to desire. You know, I wanted, I wanted security from people. And God wanted me to have security from him. That's a big one. That's a big one, especially for me with three kids by myself. God wanted me to, to not trust in the world's finances. In fact, asked me to give more away when I thought I needed more. He said, give more away. He wanted me to trust in his yeah. financial prosperity. Yeah which was to give and to believe, to receive. I, I believe that uh, passion is in all our young people, but I believe the world is trying to steal it from this next generations behind us. Yeah. I really believe that through discouragement. And uh, you, you put 18 to 28-year-olds who are supposed to be thinking about the most important decisions probably in their life, and you put them in a house and say you can't do anything. 
you take away their job, you take away their hope, they have a really hard time because they don't have a lot of past experience in hoping in God and seeing him come through. So he tries to rob them at the very beginning of their walk. And it takes away their passion because their passion is based on a job. Their passion is based on what's going to make them the most money. Their passion is based on the education they got. I know people, young people, who got their education in something that they're not even doing. I have a granddaughter who got her her education (coughs) at Purdue. I don't know her exact degree, but it isn't making flower pots at Mother's Day. But her passion is painting. Her passion is art. She's teaching art just by a miraculous intervention of God, I believe. She's working with children with her passion for art. And she could be making a lot more money with that degree. But her passion is where God has put her. And she made like 70 pots for Mother's Day. Made a whole lot of money. Was so shocked her husband. He was her bookkeeper. I I saw him. He's watching her. He's got a spreadsheet keeping track of all the money she's making. (laughs) But her passion, her passion... Uh, bless people. Her pa- your passion will always bless others. Your passion will always bless others. And uh, I just used I just that example came to me. It's not her degree, but it is her passion. <laughs> and so I believe that uh, we can't limit God because God wants to use the gifts. Not that a college degree doesn't do her uh, a lot of good because she knows how to handle herself. She does. She learned a lot in in school on how to deal with people, how to work with people, which has helped her in education. But God knows exactly where you're going to just flourish. And it says we're supposed to flourish in the garden of God. And so uh, I do encourage you. I I watched a show just real quick because I know we have to stop. But last night, somehow I ended up, it wasn't last night, it was the night before. Anyway, it was about a golfer, a young kid, Uemet. It was back in the early 1900s. And uh, he he was an amateur golfer, but he didn't start that way. He was a poor young man. His family came from overseas. They were immigrants. But his home ended up across the street from a country club. And by 13 or 11, he started being a a caddy. Now, you could only be a caddy in the USGA until you were 16, and then you couldn't be a caddy anymore. But he started playing golf. But his dad said to him at 16, you are not going to do that anymore. Because you need a job that really makes money. You're not making money. But he loved golf. Long story short, in, in 1913, he played in the open and he beat everybody. Everybody. It was his passion. He won that tournament and he was the first person to win in an open as an amateur. Got no money for it. His dad kept saying, you're not going to get any money. In fact, you can't live here when it's over. You're done. You can get out. But when he won, his dad was right there, standing there, holding up money for him. <laughs> but he couldn't take it. He said, give it to my caddy. He's, he's 11 <laughs> or 10, yeah. this little short guy carrying yeah. his bag around. They tried to get him out of the way. They tried to strip him of being able. They took away his USGA permission to even be an amateur. He went to the military, came back, they gave it back to him, and he played Bobby Jones in the 20s and almost beat him, all as an amateur. He wasn't looking for the money. He was playing for the passion yeah. of the game. Yeah. That's passion. That's passion. There were rewards. He had a trophy that said he won, but he had no money. Yeah. Most golfers are playing to earn that reward of the money, which is rightfully so. You know, you may think, well, if I work for God, I'm not going to have any money. That's what my kids used to think. They said, we're never going to have anything. Our dad's he's the one who's going to have all the money when this is over. Well, in the end, he didn't have the money, and we prospered. My son came home at Christmas and said, yep, there sits that car in the garage that he's driving that I wanted that I can't afford, and he can as a minister. (laughs) Whatever you do for God will prosper you. It may not come the way you think it will come because God can get it to you. He, th- that kid went on to be a very prosperous businessman 
and he still played golf. He did all the things he desired. God's not trying to rob you of anything. I say that to you that are watching today because some of you are sitting there thinking God's going to rob you. God wants to prosper you. If you say yes, you will see it. That's an awesome word, honey. That young man that you were talking about, he went on to win six major tournaments and, uh, and, and uh, became in the process, I, I don't know if you saw the very end, he became a multimillionaire. He never had any money, but because of what God did and opened a door for him. Right now, today in our society, we send our children you know, to school, many yeah. to college, and then they're educated by many people who don't know the Lord, who are not spirit-filled, and they're taught to find a job that pays more money so that you will have the highest paid job in an area or whatever, but it's not really feeding uh, the passion that is in a person. Once you're feeding the passion, the drive is there. You don't have yeah. to make yourself get up and go. It's inside you. And the Word of God is so clear. Uh, I love to read about people who have accomplished a great deal. I love to read about David Green. Some of you may know the name, some oh, yeah. of you may not. David Green loved to make picture frames. Everybody thought he should be a minister because everybody in his family was a minister. But he didn't want to be a minister. He wanted to make picture frames in his garage. And he started in his garage and almost starved. But he made picture frames because he was passionate about making picture frames. And he thought he could glorify God through that. Hobby Lobby's birth out of that. No ministry, no, no business that has really been a ministry really uh, spends, sends more money to the mission field yeah. and, and does more good for God than Hobby Lobby. Truett Cathy, who wanted a little restaurant, and they said, you can't open a restaurant, it'll never work. Chick-fil-A has burst out of that and has influenced the entire nation. James Cash Penny, who had a little store in Kimmer, Wyoming, and he wants to start a store, and he had hardly any money to do it with, and James Cash Penny starts a store, and he says, I'm going to call it the golden rule, and my passion is to do whatever's best for the customer. And the James Cash, J.C. Penny Company became the largest store in America at one time. It's not about money. It's about passion. Everybody say, it's not about money. It's not about money. It's about passion. It's about passion. And when you understand that there is a passion for us, a plan for us, a lot of people don't understand the nature of God, especially with this coronavirus. Uh, well, God did this and God did that, and God's going to do this to teach us a lesson and draw us closer to Him. Duh. Uh, that's, that's a voice from the pit of hell. When, when they asked Jesus, when is we going to see God? John chapter 14, verse 9, uh, or nine, somewhere around in there. John 14, 9, is that right? Somewhere close. Uh, it, it said, what, when are we going to get to see God? And it said, he said, Philip, have, I've been with you so long. Don't you understand this? If you've seen me, you've seen God. What did we see in Jesus? Healed the blind, healed the sick, uh, healed the lame, uh, loved people, said the greatest gift is love. Your father will always love you. And, and he, that was who he wants us to be in whatever that passion is that we're going to pursue. And what happens then is we get to the point in our life when we must d determine, I have that passion. I'm going to let it flow. W with me, uh, you know what it's like when we start talking about it. I don't know why. I don't do it on purpose. I usually start to cry. I try to hold it down, but it's like, no, that's, that's what I'm really called to do with the rest of my life. I believe that I don't believe it's just with me. I believe when you tap into the passion, the spiritual passion of God that He's put inside you, it overwhelms you. It just overwhelms you. And you say, Oh God, I can't wait to do what you've shown me to do for the rest of my life. You know, <clears throat> I believe with passion comes compassion. And I was thinking about Nehemiah, and, and we're we're gonna close here in a second, but Nehemiah if you read the first chapter, second chapter of Nehemiah, he asked how the Jews were doing. And they said, it's not going well. Now I'm paraphrasing. You won't find those words, but it's not going well. The walls are all down. The protection is, is down. Well, he began to pray to God. And out of that prayer, a passion rose on the inside of him to go rebuild those walls. He, he risked his life to go before the king. 
he was sad. He didn't want to say anything. The king saw his countenance as his cupbearer. That could have cost him his life. But, but he couldn't help it because his passion now had birthed a compassion that caused him to not be able to even uh, think of anything else except going to rebuild those walls. He went to rebuild the walls. He didn't tell anybody for a few days, prayed, but he went, spent three days surveilling the situation, all at the leading of God, I'm sure. And then he ran into some enemies. This is where people's passion sometimes stops. They run into the enemy. You will always run into the enemy when you're on a mission or a passion for what God's put on. There will always be an enemy. But he pressed through that. And he guided his people. And those walls, at one point he said, why should I come down and deal with you, my enemy, when I have something that God's given me to do? I have a passion, and I'm not coming off this wall till I get it done. And he did it in 52 days. His passion pushed him because of his compassion for the Jewish nation. I believe there's people, and I do believe this is a word from the Lord, that God is calling to raise up right now out of passion for this nation. Prayer, speaking the word. Yes. We don't have to go to Washington to be in Washington. We don't have to go to the world to be in the world yeah. of voice. And so compassion, a heart for people causes people yeah. to want to do the passion yeah. that God has given them. And that, that, I love the story of Nehemiah because against all odds, he built that wall. And the wall was protection. That's what it was, protection. You know, as you were talking, <coughs> I was thinking about that uh, uh, first golf tournament we had. Uh, and, and I know we've we got to end here, but that first golf tournament we had when uh, uh, we needed $12,000 for the first orphanage, and uh, in the, the night of the golf tournament, we had $11,000. And, and I know in my prayer journal, I had written down, and God said, uh, uh, hold a golf tournament, and you, and you will have the $12,000. And the night of that golf tournament, we had $11,000. I was, that was fine. I was ready to accept that. That was close enough. We'll find $1,000 somewhere. My that golf tournament, I said, I got to run to Walmart. Ran out to Walmart about 10 o'clock at night. A lady walked in the door. Bill, how are you? Great. What's going on? I'm having a golf tournament tomorrow. Oh, can my grandson play? Yeah, sure. Tell him to come at 7 a.m. He comes at 7 a.m. We get him in a golf cart. I go get him my golf cart. He comes running over to me. We haven't teed off yet. We got $11,000. We only needed $12,000. He comes running over to me. And he said, hey, my grandma said give you something. And handed me an envelope with a check in it for $1,000. Before the first ball teed off, we had $12,000 for the first barracks over there. And then, now the reason I share this with you is because if you'll take the first step, it, it'll happen. And, and, and it'll increase your faith for the next step. Because then God said, raise $50,000. Glory to God. It, it's the same premise with God. It's in the storehouse. Everybody say, it's in the storehouse. It's in the storehouse. And I remember going to the putt-putt golf course here in town. It's gone now, but Denny, uh, Denny, if you're ever watching this, I love you, buddy. But I walk up to Denny and say, hey, can we take over your whole golf course? What are you going to do? We're going to raise money for the orphanage in the South Sudan. And he said, yeah, yeah, you can do that. Uh, uh, $500, you know, it's a real good deal. And I said, great, so how much are you going to raise? And I said, $50,000. You'll never be able to do that. That was great. That was really encouraging. Oh, did he? And, and uh, that night, that night, we had $50,300 thanks to Brad bringing in a bunch of stuff that we sold. And, and it, so then it's like, that's a piece of cake. Now, it wasn't a piece of cake in the beginning. Your passion is a driving force within you if you'll let it go. And I want to ask you this question as we close. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. If, if God said it, the issue is settled. You hear his voice. So let's all say, I hear that. I hear his voice. I, tell your neighbor, I hear the voice of God. I hear the voice of God. Are you comfortable living the rest of your life doing what you're doing right now? Or is there something in you that says, no, this is what I would really do? And I want to leave you with two questions. What would you be doing with the rest of your life if you knew you couldn't fail? And what would you be doing with the rest of your life if you knew you had all the financial ability to do it? 
Those two questions, I believe, should propel us for the rest of our lives. Am I doing what I know is the passion of my heart? It's easy for me to preach this message because I know what is the passion of my heart. I didn't always know. I always tried to figure it out. I always tried to be led by finances. I always tried to be led by a budget. I always tried to be led by a plan. One, two, three, four. Now I found out God's got the budget. God's got the plan. God's got the storehouse full. All he needs for me to do is to show up and release my faith in him that he'll do what he's put in me to do. That's freedom. Freedom! <laughs> Braveheart. I'm going to go home and watch Braveheart. Oh, okay. Dan, freedom! <laughs> pray for the you, people. You pray. You've got it in you. <laughs> Don't waste your life. I wasted 38 years of my life. Lost a marriage. Lost a relationship with three kids that I had. I have that relationship now, but I mean, you know, when you go through a divorce, you, you don't have a relationship. You screw up royally. But I've watched God restore in my life, in my wife's life. I've watched God show me that I'm not a second-class citizen, that I am a child of his, and that there was a plan and a purpose for my life. And I'm speaking to people out there right now and right here that you screwed up along the way somewhere and you've missed it. But God will never stop loving you. God will never stop his plan for your life. He'll strengthen you in every area. The more defeats that you've had in your life, the more strength you will have. God will turn it around and he'll use it for good. And I want all of you to do this. <clears throat> I want you to spend time, and those of you that are here, to really get alone, even away from your mate. And just spend time with the Lord and say, God, am I pursuing what I have for the rest of my life? Is this really what you have for me? And God will show you. He will give you that passion to pursue what he has for you. Maybe you're watching and you've never accepted Jesus in your heart. Maybe, maybe you've drifted away like a prodigal son, a prodigal child. God wants you open your heart to him. Let's pray this prayer. Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you died for my sin. I've sinned and I made a mistake. But I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart and take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be all that you've called me to be. I just leave you with this, and I'll let my wife pray for you, uh, concerning the orphanages and what you and I have shared. I, I said to God one time, God, I, I, don't, I don't know how to start an orphanage. I don't know anything about it. I still don't know how, but I know how to find people that do because God's going to show us, and God showed us with Santa, I remember when God spoke to Oral Roberts and said, I want you to start a university and take my spirit to the world where my spirit is not known. And uh, Oral said, I don't know how to start a university. I don't have the education. And he said, God told me, I didn't tell you to know how to do it. I know how to do it. I just need you to follow after me. And that's true for all of us. We don't have to know how to do something. All we have to do is follow what God's told us on it. And it, it's really, when Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, he wasn't joking. It's easy if you let him do it. And no, oh, there I go again. That microphone was up to your mouth. And no is never an option. No is never an option if it's contrary to the word of God. Pastor Bill relaxes a lot more now. Clock doesn't mean a thing to him. That's good. Because where are people going to go? right now one good thing out of this and god does work everything together for good people have time to listen to what god's saying father in jesus name i pray for all of us that we don't uh, lose sight of what 
what we can do in this time because we we have the victory coming into this we had the victory in it and we've got the victory going out so we thank you in jesus name that we are coming into a new season all of us i believe the church especially but that we would know in our heart i'm doing exactly what god asked me to do for this season of my life and lord we open our hearts to and and i pray for all of you that you will open your heart uh like Bill said to go and pray and separate yourself to hear from God because there may be some new things that God wants to speak to your heart mm. and, and receive those and write them down and then wait on the plan. Lord, I pray for those that, that as they do pray and they hear things, that you will give them confidence. You will give them uh, courage to, to not only just hear it, to, but to write it down and to begin to confess it and believe it over their lives. I pray for all of you today that the grace of God, the, the mercies of God, the, the peace of God would prevail in your lives, in your hearts, and in your families. And those of you I felt as we were praying or talking earlier, you're thinking about your kids and you're thinking about your grandkids and you're thinking about their passion and things maybe you've even seen for them. Just keep speaking those things over them. Don't speak what you see. Speak what God says about them. You have, a, you have an opportunity to pull them through the place they're at and to get them where God wants them to be. We will not give up on you, God, because you never fail. We're reminded of your faithfulness every single day. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> you could all do me a favor. None of you have to do this that are here, but uh, take as many of these books as you can get in your hand and let the Holy Spirit show you who to give them to. We need to get back into distributing this book because, number one, I believe it will change lives. And, number two, I believe it will give hope for people that you can make the best of the rest of your life. Psalms 91, we speak over every one of you daily. I said hourly one time, didn't I? It was a mistake. I do it daily. <laughs> he who dwells in the... Oh, they got it up yeah, there. He who dwells, dwells in, in the secret place, place of the, the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your buckler buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor, nor of, of the arrow that, that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes you shall look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. He will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your head against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Psalm 37, 39. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is our strength in time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked guy because and save them because they trust in him. I trust in the Lord. Let's all say it. I believe, I believe God has a plan, has a plan for, the for the rest of my life, and He has the supply, and, has the supply. and, I, can and I can accomplish everything He says, everything he says. Because, I trust him. because I trust Him, and because I give thanks, and because I give 
to the Lord. And therefore, I am steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because I know my labor is not in vain. Let's give the Lord a big applause. We love all of you. Go and be blessed.